Men, women, kids, sunsets, clouds, skyscrapers, food stands, cities, towns, always said hello to us. That rolling. We're rolling. Is you rolling? Bitch, I might be. Um. <clears throat> hello. You don't know that song? No. Is rolling. Is you rolling? Bitch, I might be. Bitch, I might be. Bitch, I might be. Bitch, I might be. Girl, he geeked up. Girl, he geeked up. Girl, he geeked up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome again to season two of Chillin' Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. This is the Life Innovator series, and we'd like to welcome you to the dream. I'm O. Yes, she is. And I'm No. And together we make Oh, oh no. no. Uh yeah. Thanks for that. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Oh, I actually realized that you're really good about receiving critique and like giving thoughtful assessment. Oh, thanks. I think. Yeah, no, the <laughs> I'm really criticizing you. No, no. You just take it like a champ. I said cr- critique does not have to be negative, actually. This is why we're talking about this. Okay, so yeah, so, I just went there. Yeah, you went there. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you always that way or was there like a moment when you like when you received some like a piece of it, feedback or information that you didn't like and then we're like oh I should step up to that like I do feel like I I try to take criticism well um, it's not that I like my feelings don't get hurt or anything like that but I guess like um, I grew up dancing and playing piano, and so like you get a lot of critiques from your teachers about like what you're not doing and what you should be doing, and it's expected that you just make it better, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think also just the way I was raised too. Uh, my dad definitely. Um, I am pretty Asian, and he's pretty Asian, <laughs> and there's definitely a like, just do it. You know, like, we're not going to sugarcoat this. Like, I'm telling you this because this is how I show my love by telling you how much you're, like, not Mm -hmm. doing something right. Because, like, if I didn't care, I'd just, like, let you be terrible. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. There's a, yeah, I guess that was definitely ingrained in there in terms of, like, uh, seeing it as a weakness for you not being able to take the criticism, I guess. So, I guess maybe that's 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 where I I get it from. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. Yeah, I would. I don't, I hope you didn't take it offensively because I'm actually terrible at taking critique. No, I was just I was just gonna be shit. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> no, it's something I actually, like. I said I actually like if I notice myself, it's actually probably something I should let myself feel a bit more. Actually, like if I think someone's getting like giving me criticism and I'm actually like starting to like get insecure about it or something, like I actually have like a super ego that's like. Like, man the fuck up. (laughs) You know, like, you better take this. Yeah, yeah. And, like, either decide if that's something, like, valid. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not like, I don't think everyone's criticism is valid, though. You know? Exactly. Well, but if it hits something that I'm like, ooh, (laughs) that person sees that, that I've been trying to, like, not let anyone see. And then, like, that's definitely, like, a part where I get a bit more sensitive. I think most people do. And it's weird because, like, the the word criticism just sounds bad. Like I said, I'm terrible at taking critique. I have to like actively try to like be open and listen and be like, how is this helping you? Cause even when it's not delivered in a negative way, like it's sometimes hard to take it. 
but it's very, very important to relationships. And the word I'm using for it is actually not criticism, but, but feedback, feedback, feedback. Cause that's so important in, in like developing and like you and I have to always have a constant feedback about what's going on. And sometimes it's more successful than others, but this doesn't get done without feedback. And it's much better to have feedback with people you trust around you than like, I think you can easily get in the feedback loop of yourself. Yeah. And I definitely <laughs> like catch myself doing that. And that's when I need to be like, talk to somebody else. Yeah. Go outside your own head. Yeah. Totally. So the reason that I brought that up and asked is because today's life innovators have a very balanced relationship with clearly defined roles and unique strengths. Alex and Ray of Butter Save Comics have a harmonious partnership that relies on their constant feedback. So say hi, Alex and Ray. Hey. Hello. Which one's Alex? Uh, yeah, which one's Ray? Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Ray. I talk slower than Alex. Cool. And you guys, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Slower. Slower. Um, wait, so you guys founded Buttersafe Comics. Why is it called Buttersafe? Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we started Buttersafe Comics back in 2007. Um, we were living in a house together at the same time in college, and we had this idea to start a webcomic together because uh, we had both been comics fans all our lives, and I don't think any of it, either of us had really considered doing it as a thing but once we were in the same house we kind of were talking about it and thought it'd be fun and web comics were kind of in this like ascension at the time and getting more popular so anyway we decided to do a comic and we need a name for it because obviously band a comic whatever the name is always the most important part um but we had no ideas and we weren't, weren't really going to do a story-based comic so we couldn't base it on like a character's name or like the theme of the story it was just sort of one-off silly jokes so we just had a, a a session where we were trying to brainstorm and it so happened that there was a book on our coffee table uh called the what was it ingenious inventions ingenious inventions and uh it was all inventions that were not ingenious it was sort of like victorian era devices that had you know were trying to innovate but were really terrible <laughs> <laughs> and so we were kind of flipping through because we had we we're we we're stuck all our other ideas were terrible. Um, and so we came across one uh, quote unquote ingenious invention that was the butter safe. Um, and it was supposed to keep your butter, you know, solid, keep it secure. Uh, and Thanks. the method that they did this through was by building a little metal box for it. So no one would steal it or just so it would stay like solid? I think it was supposed to be, you know, to keep it solid, which. Uh, you know, encasing it in a metal box that works for certain seasons of the year to keep it solid yeah. and cool. But, but during the w the summer, if it's hot, yeah, you're yeah, just gonna you're cook gonna it. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, but we like the sound of it. We like <laughs> the we like the word stuff. butter. We like the absurdity of it. We like the fact that it could be like a noun or an adjective or whatever it was vague enough that it could be whatever our comic turned out to be like. It would fit it. So, you know yeah. what's so funny? I always like pictured. Like butter safe and um, the 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 picture in my mind is have you guys seen those knives that have like tiny little holes in the bottom for butter so that like it kind of scrapes it up mm -hmm. when the butter is still solid? Yeah, that's what I always think of. That's a, probably a much better invention to be picturing <laughs> than the one that it actually was. I like it though. I just love butter. So Me I too. Thought it was Who like doesn't? butter safe. Like can't go wrong with butter. Yeah, butter add butter. You know what? 
Yeah, but there could be there. Could, you could it's whatever it means to you, right? Yeah, <laughs> we just butter. I think has a pretty good connotation for most people. So as long as we evoke that sort of warm, yeah. rich feeling, you know, that's, safety. That's good. For a long time, we avoided telling people where the name came from. Yeah, because we wanted people to yeah. be able to just sort of interpret it. However, but uh, I was curious if people ever wondered, so I'd Google butter safe <laughs> and see. You know, sometimes occasionally you'd stumble on a a forum where people are talking about the comic. And one person actually said, this was like eight years ago, he said, oh, uh, what's a butter safe anyway? And then somebody said, oh, I'm pretty sure it came from uh, butter safe than sorry. But actually, they pretended that was yeah. where it came from for a while. <laughs> but the, actu- like that. the actual story is is much longer and uh, anticlimactic. You know what, though? I really think that we should get on, like, a set of punny t-shirts. Like, I really think that this needs to, like, happen. No. Do you know uh, Fine. No, I mean, we could have just unlimited edition stuff. I think puns are back. People like the dad jokes, like the puns these days. You so know? Yeah. much dad jokeage. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I like the butter safe. I'm glad I know. I'm glad I know that. But I also like. I also wish that there was like a little dial on it too, like that you had to like cracking the, the butter safe. Uh, cracking yeah. the butter safe. Well, so we got some <laughs> feedback about about the name, or like people wanting to know about the name, and so then that made you like want to, I guess, not hide it well, so much. Yeah, I mean, I, Ray. Ray is always googling us for one reason or another. Yeah. That's what I heard. What? It, what? So Ray's I, the one that. Ray's the Actually, one that says he loves. I'll, I'll tell you yeah. if you Google just butter safe, you know, you'll get the website. But one of the other things will say is butter safe safe for, um, and you'll get a bunch of Yahoo answers for uh, kids. For I'm I'm doing a oh is butter safe for boning? Yeah. So oh, of course. So it's actually good that everybody listens to this rather than googling that at work and finding. Who would Google that at work? Or just entering stuff in. Well, they're into just Google. Googling butter safe because they want to find out about the comment. Yeah, and then they'll just find sex questions. Oh, wait, so is it or not? Is, I don't know. I, I would imagine it's safe for boning as long, right? I don't know. But anyway. I don't know about the latex. I mean, yeah, I mean, oil breaks down latex, right? Yeah. So you wouldn't want to use it in conjunction. <laughs> oh, you mean, with, like, oh, as a lube? Yeah. yeah. I was picturing just, like, like an American like, play. Just <laughs> an American pie sitch. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh. Huh? Jim? It's not what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was... Oh, yeah. That, that too, I suppose. Like anyway. an inverse one. Have to be the right temperature, I think. Oh, yeah. That would even that, be functionally possible. Yeah, like room temp. But like... Or, or it would get warmer as it... Yeah, as things, foreplay. Yeah, as things... But that's bizarre. I don't know, like as a massage lubricant. But also, like, you could probably get an infection or something from like, having dairy. Or it might heal, in the wrong place. It might heal stuff. But going back to um, feedback, okay. <laughs> I actually, like, really liked we you guys told me the process of, like, how you work. Like, um, because, Ray, you have a full-time practice, right? You're, Ray, you're a dentist. That's you, right. And you own your practice. I do. Congratulations, Ray. Congratulations, Ray. Come see me Monday through Friday. What's your the name of your practice, Ray? It's my name. D- you didn't tell them your last <laughs> yeah, name. Yeah, you doctor. Just Ray. go Ray. Ray. Google Ray. Ray. Yeah. Actually, He's the first don't, hit. Don't Google me. Ray Castro. 
Ray Castro. That's You're right. located in Richmond, California? San Pablo. San Pablo, California. So Ray has his own full-time business. Um, and you still work on the comics with with Alex, but Alex runs most of the like the oh, day-to-day yeah. and like does everything. kind of more. So yeah, you guys want to tell me about how like what roles you guys play in in that? Yeah. I mean, so we have a couple of different projects, and so for each one it always ends up being a little different depending on what it uh, requires. And so Buttersafe, which is sort of you know, our original uh, project, which is you know uh, just a sort of silly webcomic Tuesdays and Thursdays every week, one-off jokes. It's actually, even though it was our original thing, it's sort of our least collaborative in a way because um, Ray handles the Tuesday comic and I handle the Thursday comic. And we have like brainstorming sessions where we come up with jokes and most of them are not funny and we go back <laughs> and forth until hopefully they are a little more funny. Um, and so we collaborate in that way, but actually producing the comic is sort of a one person deal. Like once we have a joke that we've figured out, then that person will go, they'll draw it and they'll, you know, figure out all the particulars of the dialogue and all that kind of thing. Um, oh, so but, you both illustrate. Yeah. So we both illustrate okay. and we both just sort of alternate. And so that's kind of a nice way to collaborate and sort of get ideas from one another, but also express ourselves a little more individually and sort of do whatever we want. Generally, Alex writes the funny ones. So. <laughs> Ray is the self-deprecating one. I'm the Thursday one. He's Tuesday. Yeah, so you'll notice that every other comic is hilarious. <laughs> the other yeah, so basically, <laughs> don't read on Ray's days. Yeah, skip those. You're the worst. <laughs> Ray is very bad at self-promotion. It will convince you that our comic, or at least half the comics, are terrible. <laughs> not the case. I love Ray's comics. Um, but so... For other projects that we do, though, um, for instance, King Death, which is our latest comics project that we're doing in conjunction or publishing through uh, a service called Omakase by Viewster. Uh, it's a much more collaborative process um, where we're telling sort of a more long form story with characters and plot lines and all sorts of things. So it requires a lot more planning and coordination between us. We can't just have these jokes that sit on on their own and don't have any connection to anything else that needs to be a cohesiveness so we need to have a lot more dialogue between the two of us so uh uh be interested to see ray if you how you feel about from your perspective but for mine you know it's uh, i feel like i'm trying to keep the whole thing kind of in my head and get it form a cohesive whole to that we can work from or at least a, a strong foundation that we can go back and forth from and so i'll have the storyline. I'll kind of write the basic dialogue, uh, do some sketches or maybe some simple layouts and then pass it along to you. And then mm-hmm. you, I try what's it draw, look like try, from your perspective once that comes to you? I, uh, I try to, I really just try to interpret whatever Alex, whatever yeah, vague cryptic scripts I have, put it together and then draw lines that look really nice. Just yeah. really <laughs> nice lines that people will, want to look at yeah. <laughs> with their eyeballs <laughs> with their eyes. and uh, then I give it back to Alex yeah I mean I I really even though we both illustrate I really uh, trust Ray's visual sensibility and I want Ray to be able to sort of dictate the look of the comic um, and I after he gives me the lines I do a lot of work doing all the coloring and sort of effects and um, sometimes I'll put it in the backgrounds or do whatever to sort of tie it all together but Ray, his vocabulary, his or his visual vocabulary is kind of what uh, creates the look for all of our comics. 
It's awesome. Because, yeah. yeah, you said kind of like, you said you more create the world for the characters. And then sometimes it's like esoteric and kind of like, every, and then, okay. and then Ray like is good at interpreting it and then anchoring yeah. these ideas a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Like I, <laughs> uh, when it's just the story that's in my head, there are infinite possibilities. And so a lot of times all my sketches will be kind of vague because I haven't really locked down where I want things to go completely. Um, but Ray, both because he has a good sense for it and because he's sort of forced into the position, he you know, makes this call where okay, this character looks like this because I have to draw lines. I have to put them, <laughs> I have to commit them. They can, can't just be this like weird, anxious, hypothetical thing anymore. Like they have to be on a page now. And so Ray has a way of sort of consolidating and uh, corporealizing all those thoughts I have in my head into actual drawings. You can like somebody and try and go, you never know what it's like until you start working with someone. Like, yeah. So how did you guys get to that level of trust? Because it seems like, yeah, you're saying, oh, if he's giving me this, like you're trusting him to take that, that feedback, that whatever it is your input is, and then just like solidify it, make it better. And then you're, you know, you guys have this like insane amount of trust with each other. Um, I've never trusted Alex. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> One way trust. Untrustworthy. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I, I can't speak for Ray. I guess maybe he's he's never really believed in me. But uh, from my perspective, at least, I mean, it helped that we were friends first. You know, for quite a while before we started collaborating creatively, and obviously that doesn't at all ensure that you're going to be good creative partners. You can be great friends with someone and be horrible partners in a creative endeavor. But um, at least there's a sort of like baseline human level of trust, at least. And then I guess also since Buttersafe has that both sort of the collaborative element and the independent element, it gave us a chance to sort of feel out each other's sensibilities over the years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we did Buttersafe for quite a while before we picked up any more sort of like long form story projects. And so it was sort of a way for us to sort of see like, oh, you know, we collaborate on these ideas and then like I'd see some cool stuff that Ray would do and then I would incorporate that into my process and I think vice versa. Um, and so we got to sort of uh, slowly uh, build our vocabulary and our, our methods together in a way that wasn't, we weren't sort of leaping in head first into a situation, but like over time got to align ourselves. You yeah. did it gradually. Yeah. Did, did you have any like speed bumps there, like where you're like, in terms of that feedback process, where maybe you're like, I don't know if I think hmm. that's the right way. And then you have to be like, figure that out. Mm. No, you know what? <clears throat> like, uh, even just today, we were uh, trying to work out the appearance of a new character that we've mm -hmm. never done before. Uh, it's for episode three of King and, Death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. King and, Death is dope. Thank you. And, uh, you know, Alex had his uh, kind of—I wouldn't call it nebulous ideas, but it was pretty nebulous. They, they didn't quite have uh, formation yet, so I just drew the first thing I saw, and then you know he says, "Wait, I like that," but and he does it very in a very nice and constructive way, so, uh -huh. so that I always feel good. And actually, if you ever hear us having a conversation with each other, we always do it in such a way that we're always. Um, positively reinforcing each other. It's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that you did it this way 
qualify. Yeah, well, we're always qualifying in our statements too, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, um, well, I don't know. I'll think of, of an example later. You're doing this sort of the compliment sandwich thing, or right? like, <laughs> I really like where you're going with that. You know, like, I, you know, I was talking about having him be sort of like a bigger, burlier character, and he's like coming off strong, which is good. You know, his face, like, it's a little, like, sort of ne- Neanderthal to me, so I-, I wonder if we could make him look more sophisticated, but I think the silhouette is great, you know, doing that. That's great that's language. Sort of, yeah, that, yeah. That's really navigation. important, because well, that's why people don't like feedback too much, or, like, you'll have managers who give it, but then people maybe won't take it, because they view it as a criticism, and, like, people aren't really, people only actually are really open to feedback from people they trust, mm-hmm. and they like. So if they feel like you're an unfair person or a person that they just don't respect, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's one thing that's kind of funny about putting your work out onto the internet is I feel like, you know, it opens you up to critique from the entire world. (laughs) And like, you know, I value people having opinions about the work because obviously I wouldn't put it out on the internet if I didn't want people to view it and have a, a feeling about it. But there's also, I feel like, a certain subset of people who feel like they want to like critique it in a more like you know in a critical way like oh i think you should have done it like this or the style should have been like that or i didn't you know like uh you know why didn't you have the characters do this or you know whatever and while you know regardless of whether their criticism is good or bad you know positive negative um well thought out or not it's just sort of like if it's coming from a complete stranger it's hard for me to totally value it just because i don't know what I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know what their background is. I don't know how much to trust their instincts. Um, and or so, their intentions. Yeah, or exactly. They're just like is this trying just, to find yeah. something wrong. Yeah. I feel like that happens so much. I, like when I read reviews about TV shows and I like loved it and then you like read the critique and I'm like, mm. I feel stupid now because the person's like, this is a terrible episode. <laughs> I was like, it's a great episode. I'm like, well, you know, actually in the history of blah, blah, blah. And like, it's like, I just feel like you're trying to find something kill wrong. Kill my with. vibe. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like good, good feedback is actually, you know, an opportunity to motivate like anytime that you have the like and but it's but we're constantly actually giving feedback just by just by talking to each other, even looking at each other. It's like tone matters, like like your facial expressions matter, your body language matter. Like we do this all the time while we're talking to people. Like even if you bump into someone at the coffee shop, oh, excuse me, sorry. But maybe you could say, oh, excuse me, sorry. But you have like this look on your face or your body language is really like people are like, you're like, you could, yeah, the, the, t- no, well, <laughs> oh, it's either bit, yeah, either you're <laughs> perceived as a bitch. Like you could be completely like, it could go either way depending on all that. So you're always, giving some kind of feedback. Well, also what I liked about what you were saying, Alex, like the, the type of feedback you would give, it was very specific. Yeah. And that's very key to, to getting good, good feedback on either side, like being positive or negative. Um, and that's what makes it valuable. And you're like, eh, it could be, yeah, could be tweaked over there instead of just being like, I don't like it. And you're yeah. like, why? <laughs> yeah. And I, hopefully I think that hopefully that is helpful both ways, you know, like, for Ray, like if I'm, you know, we're trying to come up with a character design, hopefully then that gives him specific direction with what to do with it. And then it also helps for me to, you know, since it is starts off as this, you know, sort of ethereal idea in my head, once I have to start vocalizing, like if I just told Ray, eh, I don't really like that, then that's not really helpful <laughs> for him or me. No. But if I start 
trying to vocalize what is it that I like about what he's done? What is it that I don't like about it? The specificity also helps me to actually hone in on what I'm thinking about in my brain or what I'm, what my intention is, which, you know, without having to vocalize that, if it's just floating around in my head, it's never going to reach that concrete level where it actually looks like something or has some kind of feel to it. Uh, Douglas Stone, the author of The Importance of Feedback in Business Communications, actually says that we should reject feedback. You know, we we shouldn't feel like we have to take it. But the majority of feedback it tends to be bad feedback because it's like, you're uh, you're not a warm person or it's too, vague. Too, it's super vague and there's nothing like that you can action on it. So, you know, you could try and understand the essence of it, but it's still like trying to interpret someone else's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's actually like, problems with communication depending on which country you come from where americans usually tend to do like three compliments and one critique Mm -hmm. so you end up leaving feeling like you had like you did a lot of really great stuff but maybe you're like maybe your manager like doesn't think you're doing a good job at all but like that's the way it was given to you versus like if you were the example um in this other article is like they like germans are raised being very direct like how you're Mm -hmm. saying your dad yeah was like very direct about feedback being like, oh, you know, you're not good. I love you. This is why I'm telling you this. So like, <laughs> it's really confusing for them. And like, he has a switch up depending on if he's talking to his, you know, the people he works with, the British people he works with or the German people he works with. Yeah, they, like, they would find it bizarre. Yeah. And so to, some, in, yeah. The, in Germany or even <laughs> the French too. Yeah. Actually, the one, they're very not into the positive feedback. Be oh, like, yeah, they why, why why are you saying all these things? Are you are you not smart? Like why are you being so positive? <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely it can definitely be a cultural thing. I think it can be um specific to people too, you know? Yeah. Like um certain people receive information in different ways or absolutely uh, the relation you know, the power relationship. I think Alex and I are pretty much equals, right? And he's better looking than me. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, we don't want to talk down to each other. It doesn't make sense to do that. Um, if we had, like, some dweeb intern, yeah, let's talk hella crap to this guy. <laughs> Treat him like trash. He's going to accept it. No, we wouldn't ever do that because we're nice people. But certain people <laughs> might want direct feedback. You know, just like, what didn't you like? It might drive them crazy that we do this sandwich yeah. thing. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes people, like a French person, but not necessarily, they don't even need to be French. They just, they would just think yeah, that you were complimenting them a lot. They're yeah. like, oh, thank you so it's much. Like, now can you just tell me what I have to do? Um, well, you said that you, like, I were you joking when you kept telling me the other day that you, like, love, um, you, like, live for, for um, validation? You were joking. But I took that as you were saying, like, you love like to hear what other people are thinking. You you always googling the comic. Oh, yeah, like I'm, you're always... uh, I'm definitely you know I Google my Yelp. I check my Yelp page all the time. So <laughs> yeah, we check out. Um, oh, for your dentist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Just because, and I think you know, particularly for me, I've taken a professional personality test, and it said uh, it sounds like a horoscope when you're reading it, <laughs> but it's like. I love these things. Yeah, yeah. it says, uh, you know, Ray, he excels when he knows what he's doing re- well, and but he needs to hear it. Mm. And um, I was like, oh, 
Okay. And they recommend that you give it to somebody that you know real well. So I give it to my wife. She's like, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely you. <laughs> and I just felt really bad for the rest of the day. And, and it said, <laughs> okay. Okay. My guffaw has now been beaten by like this. Is this a squeal up? Yeah. It's like a squeal up. Yeah. Um, to you, this test said that but you I like really. <laughs> I'm <laughs> amused, <laughs> but this test is like you love feed. You love like feedback. You love yeah positive reinforcement. And um, you know, I think it's it's. Uh, I don't know if if it's because of how I was raised or if that's just how my brain was wired. Um, because I know that other people, I so at the office I had. Um, the whole staff take it. And there are some people in the staff that I didn't realize I was doing, communicating with them wrong by giving them the same thing that I would want for myself, which is positive reinforcement. Some people just want a list of what they should be doing. They don't want all this nonsense. If, if you're, you'll actually negatively affect the relationship by uh, giving them Interesting. feedback. You, uh, you they don't them? want to hear the positive stuff? They don't need to. They just need to hear what's. Do they? They just find it like tedious to yeah, even hear exactly. the positive. They're just like, okay. Can you imagine how tedious? Yeah, you- I think it. I've definitely had that experience before working, but I think it's because if people are so, it, it depends on how passive aggressive. Like if somebody's really passive aggressive, yeah. and you're kind of never sure what they're asking for, or if you perceive them to be passive aggressive. Yeah. Where like I used to have a boss who would ask for things, and she'd be like, "Oh, you do it the way you like." Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then later she would like want to change everything. And I was just like, and at, to, at one point after a few months, I was just like, why don't you just tell me what you want? Yeah. And she yeah. was like very upset. And I was just like, no, you're always changing what I do. Why don't yeah. you just be up front and tell me what it is that you're looking for? Cause you don't want that. And she was just first upset, but then she was like, okay, this is what I want. Um, but it was so infuriating because well, yeah, the feedback it- was always like, oh, this is great, but why don't we change? And then it would just become something totally different when. You know, it needs to be genuine. Yeah, I think for me, for my personality type, personality type, I I really like want to know where I stand with people, and I'm usually pretty direct with like other people on like where they stand with me, and so, but like negatively or positively. But yeah, it would drive me crazy that someone was like positively reinforcing, but they didn't like that wasn't actually the part they felt about about me but i also yeah. definitely like positive reinforcement oh, who doesn't? <laughs> if it's like genuine in like terms mm-hmm. of like okay well that person notices the effort i put into that because i actually try yeah. to do that yeah i also feel like that part of the problem is that sometimes um people feel like positivity and asking someone for change or you know expressing a desire for change are exclusive when i feel like they're not you know like it you know i think someone feels like oh you know I, I need to say something positive to this person so that means i can't tell them that there was something that was wrong with what they were working on you know like again going back to the example we we're talking about with ray and you know the, this character design that we we're working out with just because they're you know there there was something about the design that ray was hitting on at first that wasn't quite working for me didn't mean that it had to be like a negative interaction you know like it can still be positive we can still talk about the good things about it and we can still uh, even if there's nothing I like about it, it can still be like a positive interaction. Like we're working together, we're trying to 
come up with the best design we can. Um, and even if the thing we have to do is change everything about what you've just done, it doesn't have to be like, Ray, you shithead, like, this is terrible, like, change everything. It can still right. be like, let's, you know, you know, I don't think this is it, but let's, you know, let's work on this and it can still be like, yeah. it can still be positive for everybody, even if it's As- affecting yeah. change. Ray, I, I like that you drew those lines. <laughs> But I think it would be better if you, you erased, just, like, erased all of them <laughs> and then drew them in a different, and then threw and shredded drew, him, and, and, drew, and but drew the lines in different in a different shape that pleases you. Yeah, that would be kind of annoying and passive aggressive. <laughs> um, no, Alex, you're good. Well, especially well, the creative process, right? Yeah, and you're trying to come up with something better. You're not gonna like. You're gonna be like holding back afterwards if you feel like your partner's judging you and going to be really mean about it. Um, I think we've worked so long that, you know, I pretty much trust Alex's judgment. He trusts trusts mine. And that you're going towards it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're working towards something good. So you guys love making these comics, right? Like that's, that's the life. That's the life. I'm very passionate about it and yeah it's uh not that we're not compensated fairly for working on them but it's certainly we're not doing it because we're making <laughs> boatloads of money doing it and that you know, we're just grinding out these comics as we're raking in the millions it's like if we were if making money was the thing we we're focused on we wouldn't be doing comics we're doing them because we really care about them yeah yeah but you make some money uh yeah like for butter safe it's just purely off of ad revenue which kind of a whole other topic and ad revenue is like a declining thing on the internet mm-hmm. in general yeah. like it's a really tough field right now where every kind of had a golden age a few years back and right now, you've been doing it for a long time so you had like yeah it used to be that eyeballs on a website were worth something and just across the board comics and otherwise it's increasingly not being the case but uh anyway so for butter safe the word right now we're just purely ad supported and then for king death um it's a property that we own like we have the ownership um of the characters in the world and all that but uh omakase the the service that we're publishing through they have exclusive publishing rights right now and so they pay us for those publishing rights Um, so it's nice to have that sort of more stable income for that project since it's something that we have to really uh do a lot of planning for and do pump out consistently so Mm -hmm. it's a good relationship yeah because you're that's your that's your main thing, right? Yeah. For, so for me, I I don't have a, a dental practice that I own. It's just the comics. And I think that's, you know, just sort of the way that we've always had our trajectory set. Or Ray, I don't, as much as you love doing comics, I don't think you were ever really planning on trying to do comics full time, right? I was, you know, so Butter Safe, we formed it, I think, right about the time that the band ended. Mm-hmm. So I still needed a way to band together. Yeah, still needed a way to meet girls. <laughs> it turned out this was the worst way <laughs> to make comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in isolation. I think actually, yeah. But you met you met your wife in college. Or- we met actually after college uh, at JC. So we were taking. Uh, she was taking prereqs for nursing school, and I was taking uh, anatomy because I was bored and wanted to meet girls. So actually, everything I've done ever. Uh, well, so you're I'm saying that if people want to troll, if the people guitar. are <laughs> play guitar, I met her falling off stage during one of our rock shows. Yeah. Slept. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you met. 
That's right. So anyway, what were we talking <laughs> we're about? We're talking about the passion project that this, and so before King Death, you, you guys worked on comics with other organizations, right? Like, you yeah, know, they yeah, hired yeah. you and worked, and you guys have done, I actually met Ray for the first time at, like, after you guys did a Comic-Con. Yeah, we were at New York Comic-Con at the time we were um, doing a comic called Katamari, which is based on a video game franchise, Katamari Damacy. Um, it was a really interesting uh, project that uh, our friend slash business partner, Rob Pareda, was uh, the mastermind behind. He was working for a Japanese corporation called Namco Bandai, which if you play video games or no. are, do toys and any of those kind of stuff, it's they're a huge, like, gigantic Japanese corporation. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man Galaga. Yes, yeah. Pac-Man. Um, and so he was working with them and had this very interesting proposal to um, do uh, like web comics and animations and stuff based on their a lot of franchises that had sort of fallen by the wayside were kind of old or like they weren't that Nemco wasn't really doing anything with um, and so kind of revived them as web comics and various other new media projects related to them and so it was very outside of the realm of what the company normally did but Rob has sort of a way of uh, helping people to step out of their comfort comfort zones, and uh, so anyway, we were doing a project with him, and we were out in New York, which, yeah, doing conventions is the one time where Ray could potentially meet ladies <laughs> based on his comic endeavors. Yeah, was, I was married. Yeah. No, I was yeah. married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, imagine because like I went out with you guys a few times, or the twice, the two times that you guys were in uh, town for Comic Con. You work with a lot of men. It is. It is. I hope, I hope that's dudes. not how you are measuring success in terms of like how the comic was doing, like how no. many women you no, can it's meet. Purely money. <laughs> <laughs> but so you just to, I mean, you don't mind asking me to be clear. Like, do you live off of fully comic money? Uh, yes, that's I pretty fucking right cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to various in degrees, San Francisco. Time. Yeah, I mean, it's um. The steady income from King Death definitely helps. I mean, it, again, it's not like we're raking it in, but I'm. But I you can pay, I can pay rent. I can eat food, and I feel extremely fortunate because a lot of artists are not able to support themselves in that way doing it. Um, but you know, I mean, not to say that supporting yourself, doing your art, is the best way to do it, or is necessarily the optimal scenario. I mean, obviously, Ray, that's not his goal. He gets to do dentistry, which he loves, and gets to do the comic, and he owns a house and I don't so <laughs> there's you know, obviously perks to not doing comics as your full time gig the, lo- the um, loan is through my wife's name so. <laughs> um, um, but he's know. also conned someone else into <laughs> going in on it with him I wanna be a comic book hero comic book heroes a real rough a real rough did you guys have a moment then um where you did feel like you you really were like this was something you really wanted to do and you were like making it and you felt like this was like successful like I mean it was sort of a I wouldn't say there was a moment but it was sort of a gradual realization um because yeah when we started butter safe it was t- purely just a for fun thing originally we were just going to publish it on our live journals like we we're going to have a website for it um With we decided, emojis yeah, yeah luckily we decided to not go that route but you know, it was something that we were just doing for fun and like just our friends and family were reading. Um, and then over 
the course of a couple of years, it started gaining a little more traction. And yeah, it was a time where uh, web traffic in general was a lot better for web comics. And so we we're uh, able to you know, get a pretty steady rise in our viewership numbers. And the ad revenues that we we're getting were becoming not insignificant. Again, nothing crazy, but it was, you know, it was above zero dollars, which was nice. Um, and so then, yeah, after college. Because it costs money to put out content for free. <laughs> As yeah. you guys know, it, <laughs> it seems like, you know, it's out there free on the internet and you just press the record button or you just draw a picture on your tablet and it's free to make and it's free for them to consume. But it's, there are definitely oh, a lot yeah. of costs associated with the, it. I mean, the equipment and then your time too. You know, it's uh, it's incredibly time consuming. Yeah, um, a lot of time. Like, you really got to have a blocked out schedule to do. But yeah, by the time I graduated from college, I realized that, you know, there was, I could, there was a chance I could sort of make it. I was still living at home. Like, I didn't, I wasn't making enough to pay rent, but I was, it was enough that I was having some sort of income. And so decided to give it a go, just doing comics for a while. And then I did have to pick up a, a day job for a, a stretch of a year or two for a while just to support myself more fully. Um, and then some of our other projects kicked in, and then I was able to support myself again. So it's been on and off, but the fact that I've been able to make a go of it at all, I feel, yeah, you just extremely fortunate. It. Yeah, Smack. keep going. What about? So that's the long. That's the long term. What's your? What are your like daily? What are your daily desires? Daily desires. What are like the things that are really important like to lunch. like? To you, you yeah, <laughs> yeah, you lunch. <laughs> you <laughs> feel like in the. In the and positive, yeah, reinforcement. <laughs> and like you're Lots so good at eating food. Sandwiches. Yeah, compliments, <laughs> sandwiches. Thanks, mom. <laughs> you know, one thing I was talking about with somebody recently is, uh, what's the difference between being content or being happy? Was that with you? <laughs> that was the thing. Yeah. Oh, and I said, uh, for me, content means something totally different from being happy is that what i said i think you said that you could be content your whole life but that you didn't really need to feel happy like oh, yeah. the the elation of happiness and mm. then i i disagreed with you but um <laughs> but for me you know i just in the morning i have a notebook just like what you're holding mm -hmm. i write the things i need to accomplish mm -hmm. and i try to do those things so those are my discrete actions that i need to accomplish and i'll feel content what are those discreet are they what, like what's like, so discreet about yeah. like call this person you just <laughs> want to feel like a secret agent uh yeah and then i drop the notebook into a mailbox and then it, the mailbox explodes oh yeah it's a good comic and uh you know just making sure uh i pay attention to <laughs> Lindsay when i get home that's nice <laughs> that's awesome that's lovely just like Pay attention to Lindsay. At least, at least acknowledge each other. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really my daily desire. I think, uh, I think for me, I I just don't want to ever drag Alex down by doing a lousy <laughs> job with my lines and stuff. You know, I I uh, I feel pretty content, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> a lot of those things sound like. Uh, Things that you're trying to not screw up, rather than <laughs> things that you're like hoping to to do to yeah. bring satisfaction. But I guess maybe the act of not yeah. screwing them up is what brings. You well, satisfaction. you know, I think <clears throat> as long as I feel like um, like all the holes in the dam are plugged up constantly, <laughs> then we're all going to be okay. 
you know? Yeah. Well, I guess you're appreciative of what you do have. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, yeah, it makes you content that I you value need, those. And, I don't yeah. need necessarily need anything more than what I have right now. Yeah. Ray is, has a soft voice, but he's very smiley. He kind of smiles anytime he talks. Oh, thank you. He is smiley. Yeah. He also is a dentist with nice teeth, so he's like, look at him, bitches. Walking advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> I put him in a jar at night. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. And you, Alex, what are some of your dealer desires? Uh, I mean, I feel like I don't feel good about my day unless I've created something, um, which usually takes the form of the comics. And obviously that's sort of top priority because that's how I make my living. And it's also my main creative outlet. But, you know, I need to have like worked on the comic or... I don't know, played or written some music or something. Uh, I just have this sense that I need to be building on something every day or else I'm, you know, I've wasted the day or at least I don't, I don't feel like I've taken advantage of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, I feel like that that goes along with having a lot of time to myself. Like I have trouble when it's, I, I like working around people when I have sort of my goals set and I know exactly what I'm working on, but to sort of get the creativity going, I kind of need to be in my own space. Um, I need to sort of brew everything together on my own before I can present it to, to Ray or present it to whoever else. Um, so kind of, I mean, my kind of the structure I have right now is uh, pretty close to ideal, I guess, where I, sort of in the first half of my day I'm spent, just sort of at in my bedroom or in my office or whatever, working away and kind of doodling or writing scripts or whatever. Um, and so I get a big chunk of the day to myself. And then, uh, you know, my girlfriend comes home and then we, I'm interacting with another human being and I have, I'm, I exit out of that bubble that I'm in all the time. And that's valuable to me too. Like I don't, as much as I value my, own space and I need my own space to get my work done. I think I would go insane very quickly if it was just every day it was just me in my bubble focused away. Yeah. I think I would lose sight of everything very quickly. So that sort of balance of interacting with people I care yeah. about and having enough time to myself to feel like I'm progressing on the thing like like the work that I care about. What about like what about zenning out though? Like when do you want to chill? Like okay, so we know your ambition, right? Where's <laughs> mm-hmm. your chill? Making comics. I mean, it is, there is definitely a very meditative aspect to making comics because there's so much uh, repetitive labor in it. Like we're drawing, like on a single page, you might draw the same character three or four times or color in the same shapes three or four times or 10 times or 20 times. Um, you know, you're kind of, there's a lot of repetition in comics um, to create the rhythm for the story and everything. So I, it, I mean, I do need time away from comics also. I'm not saying that it totally clears my mind all the time, but there is, uh, you know, it's the actual act of doing it to me is very calming where it's, I'm just, uh, you kind of get in the zone and I can listen to music or I can sit in silence or whatever and just do these mechanical actions after the creativity part is done. Then it just I becomes... I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that about sewing? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, like, if as long as you're we not... Both yeah. are designers. Mm-hmm. Or we're designers. <laughs> we're still designers, still designers. I guess. You're, If you know how to do it, if you do it, 
you don't have to get paid because you have the ideation part where you're actually like trying to think about what it is but then when you're like just making it and i will like change like change it up part way through if i see something better but like it's like pushing the yeah the fabric through mm-hmm. the machine totally. and like that part is just like once everything's already pre- like once you've done your patterns and cut everything cutting, yeah, the thinking's yeah. all done yeah yeah it's just yeah one of my favorite things to do is that, like after knitting like I have a, like i have a knitting machine and i knit stuff but like one of my favorite things to do is after like a really because it I have to push through to like finish it because I know it'll sit on the machine forever. So when you have to like knit all the pieces together, it's like I'll sit on the couch for like hours, just like cutting the cutting the the yarns and like knitting them back in and whatever. And it's just like it's almost like you don't even need to look at it while you're doing it. And mm-hmm. like four hours later, you're like, oh, I feel so calm. <laughs> yeah, but the yeah, but that's the after stressful part. <laughs> like it's like you have to get right. stressed out, like stressed out doing it. All right. Before your body can just take over and do the whole muscle memory <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you need to reach that state. What about, so meditative. what about you make bread though? And you make <laughs> your own flour. You're a good cook. You're I, a good cook. I do like to cook. And um, I do feel like that is, you know, a lot of that same stuff where you are doing sort of repetitive actions or you're kind of, you know, with bread, especially, you know, you're doing the kneading and then you have to wait for it to rise and then you whatever knead it again or whatever type of bread you're working on different processes but it's it's the sort of the physical aspect and the repetitive aspect um and it's like a very full sensory thing where you're smelling it and you're feeling it and you have to watch it and you have to listen to it when it's cooking and all these it sort of takes up all your senses and of course taste kind of the most important one at the end um and throughout but it's uh it's a way to you get a lot of the same satisfaction or at least i get a lot of the same satisfaction as i do when I'm creating a comic, but there's none of the, uh, you know, my livelihood is depending on this. I'm, there's no <laughs> critique except for the other people who are eating it, who are usually very nice about it because they're getting to eat free food. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a very low stress kind of expression of or like, way to create something. That's funny. We find that a lot of our guests like to cook and we, we've decided that like what we talked about in the procrastination episode, how it becomes like this other thing that you can do immediately and get this immediacy. Mm-hmm. Like it's like immediately, ful- more immediately fulfilling than. And you have to do it anyway. Long term. Yeah. You have to feed yourself at some point. So yeah, it, it's nice though that it be, it be, that it's like a calming ritual. And in the framework of procrastination, I feel like it's great because yeah, since it's like the ultimate thing to procrastinate by doing because you'll die if you don't eat food. So, you know, I got it. <laughs> Instead of working on my work, I, I got to cook, right? Because else I'm going to starve to death. So there's no better excuse to do something than what you're supposed to be doing. That makes sense. I have a question. Go for it. Um, so you're, uh, I guess, always looking at what people are saying about the comic and everything. How much of it, if any of it, do you feel like you actually take in and apply to either the comics or your business model or anything like that? Or do you just look at it and it's like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know, Ray, you can start off. You're the You're the real fan of reading what people say about the comic how much do you take to heart almost very little to none very little like, to none it's it's just 
you know, I, I can see where it'd be valuable, you yeah. know, people's comments. But I also think, well, you know, and you know this, uh, um, just being people who create something, you know, you put all this time and effort into something. And if someone's suggestion were so simple, you'd have done it already. It's not that simple to change something that you think works for yourself. And, you know, people are more likely, was this something you said, more, more likely to voice a negative opinion than to. Yeah, when we were talking the other day. Yeah, it's true. And so, you know, I. I mostly just enjoy seeing what people say. Yeah, and then I, and then my mind represses all of the negative. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fortunate. Yeah, like I, for some reason, everything's blurred when it's a, it's anything negative, and I just see all the great positive things. That's, that's <laughs> I wish I had those glasses. Invent, invent those glasses. The world would be a better place. What about, but, well, it's, well, I, don't know, I just found it interesting because uh, I guess we. That's a big part of how we operate our business. Uh, like just like always getting the feedback because I guess like we do have like a mission with um the podcast and like I think it's important for us if we're going towards that mission like if what we hope people are understanding are actually understanding I think with your guys I think it's a bit more creative though you know and like you said you were actually more open to having an open interpretation and not that we we won't be able to get whatever they want out of it, but there are certain things that we're like, oh, people aren't getting that part of what yeah. we're trying to say. So. Well, also, I'll say, though, that we have we're really lucky to have the, the feed. The people we're getting feedback from are avid listeners and they actually care about the content. So they're not being like and they've always delivered it in respectful ways. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So we haven't gotten our, our first like evil troll. We did get a like crazy like Facebook Facebook post but it wasn't even about that it was like some other article we posted right on. right so um but yeah we're lucky that the feedback we've been getting is like it's genuine yeah like it's from like you were saying it matters and it's people well, we know generally from. yeah or friends of people who like we found through found through friends yeah. and then talked to them well, or they yeah they're already fans but yeah kind of like um like in the office so i i'm serious about patient feedback like if we're not doing something right or if you want us to do something better so we can treat you better yeah okay then i seriously do want to know um but that's more like a but it's also so personal these are personal relationships that's a customer service thing i think but um you know with the comic it's a little more um it's more of a creative thing that is being judged versus our right interaction with you yeah Yeah. and i mean if it's like if someone you know writes and they have uh some critique about like the user experience and you're like, oh, like the website was kind of confusing or like I couldn't find yeah. the back button or whatever. Like, oh yeah, let's address this. Let's make the back <laughs> button bigger or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if it's a, if it's a critique of the actual comic, that's a lot more difficult because then it's like, you know, what is it, you know, what's your sense of humor? What's our sense of humor? And like, I can't really make any other comics than the ones I'm making because yeah. that's my sensibility. That's yeah. my like my sense of humor. And that's, um, you know, I, obviously it's a bummer if it doesn't resonate with someone or if they feel like they, they found something offensive or they found something um, that didn't work for them. Like I wish it did work for them, but there's not, and I'm not going to change my creative process because this one person didn't like the way that it was because the whole thing is going to suffer. If I try to change uh, my output based on what I think other people are going to like, it's just going to end up as a mm-hmm. watered down kind of mess. Yeah. But do you, do you protect yourself a little bit more, like from the, yeah, that process for than sure. maybe Ray? I, mean, I definitely do not actively seek out critique of the comic the way Ray does, and it's not because I'm like afraid of hearing 
bad stuff about the comic. Um, like I'm fine with that. I've been on the internet for a very long time. I very <laughs> much understand the nature of trolling or the nature of negativity on the internet. Um, you know, I, I strike a balance because there, uh, on one hand, I don't want things to be, uh, yeah, I don't want critique to get in my head too much. But on the other hand, part of being successful on the internet these days is uh, cultivating a relationship with the people who are listening and watching. You know, it's very much the expectation these days that um, there's going to be interaction on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. But at the same time, I can't uh, go too far into that or else I'm just going to go crazy. Well, how would you describe your audience, do you think? Uh, um, it's a pretty big mix. I mean, overall, audi- our audience I would describe as extremely kind and gracious and friendly, um, both on the internet and when we've uh, met fans in person at conventions and that sort of thing. Um, Have you had any crazy interactions with fans that you were like, whoa, this is crazy that <laughs> this person recognizes me or something? I mean, or- basically every time someone recognizes mm-hmm. us or knows our work in person yeah. is surreal, even after doing, you know, we've done dozens of conventions at this point. Um, mm-hmm. and met lots of fans it's still strange to me every time that you know someone they're real people out there like you know who have been consuming the comics that we've been doing um i mean you can see the numbers on the website that you have viewers but it just doesn't feel real until you actually meet yeah. them in person yeah they're so nice yeah. <laughs> how can you guys read this stuff it's so crazy <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also a pretty diverse crowd of people which is nice also and um, I mean, I think that it also, it is interesting that I think webcomics used to be a much smaller crowd in terms of it was people specifically seeking out, um, webcomics and like sort mm-hmm. of people who are more like fans of comics and comic books and that sort of thing. Um, but now since it's so easy to share images on the internet, if someone thinks that they'll be able to get likes on their Facebook feed by posting it, it'll get posted. And so you get a lot of people reading comics these days from all sorts of walks of life who might not consider yeah. themselves comics readers but yeah. they're and there. a lot of people don't even realize they're reading a butter safe comic because they find it on like imagery or uh, Instagram yeah, or, 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 or yeah. you know like our most popular comic and this is one that we sell the most prints of at every comic book convention it's called The Detour I don't and find it. Uh, you Google you can either Google uh, butter safe detour or but it, or uh, I am not a clever man, and everybody on the internet seen it. Alex, you're like internet famous, but nobody knows that. Not everybody realizes that we did. I mean, it's just got like a tiny little watermark on it. Like we used to really <laughs> watermark our comics tiny because we didn't want it to interfere with the comic. Um, and then also just when images get shared, these people are stripping off watermarks from wherever because that's just that's the, the nature of the game. Yeah. Um, and so every convention, we have so many people who walk by and they're like, <laughs> they, they like glance at the comic on the table and they'll walk by and they'll stop. And they're like, oh, wait, I know that comic. Like, I've seen that. You guys are the guys who did that. <laughs> like, no one knows that it's us, but it's. We downloaded it and printed this it. Was a thir- <laughs> <laughs> this was Thursday. So that was yeah, that's why it's so damn go. funny. But just for whatever reason, <laughs> that comic like resonated or just got around on the internet and that's, it's been in everywhere. Um, and yeah, that's sort of an example of, a comic that has reached people that maybe don't necessarily read comics, but it's been shared and they found it. <laughs> it's like a demon climbing out of a mountain. How? What does he sound like? 
I, I don't think I have a deep enough voice to convey. Maybe Ray kind of cherries. <laughs> no. Do you want us to read it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in a in a demon voice. I'll do the demon. Okay, okay Alex. Go for it. Ready? <laughs> okay. I'm climbing out of a uh, from a fiery abyss. From a fiery abyss. You should not have come here, human. Why do you cross through my domain? There's a little guy standing in front of him, and he says. I was on my way to the kitchen for a snack, and I got lost. You ended up in the twelfth plane of torment on your way to the kitchen? I am not a clever man. (laughs) (laughs) It's so simple. That's what's so so good about it. That's what, I guess, made it so shareable. And it's just sort of something people can relate to. And it's sort of absurd and silly (laughs) and... And it was a Thursday comic. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was one of those things where I never. I'm gonna I'm gonna look through and find Tuesday comics that I love. <laughs> this other one that I love that I said was my favorite one is a Thursday comic, the one, the commitment one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew that already. But I'll find a Tuesday one that I. Love. There are lots of good Tuesday ones. I'm sure there are plenty of good Tuesday ones. Praise funny guy. This is just the one that I left up because I was like, this was my favorite one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Until I find my favorite one next. Okay. Like how this is the best recording we've ever done. Until the next best recording happens. Until the next best recording happens. But seriously, our fans are great. I think the stereotype of the internet is that everyone's super mean, but there's a very small percentage, at least when you're doing something that's relatively non-objectionable, like Ray and I do, there aren't a lot of people that will just specifically reach out to be mean at you mm-hmm. or like to tell you something critical. And even when they do, this might have been the very first mean email that we got, or at least one of the first ones. <laughs> But it was just this message, email sent directly to us, and the body, I don't think there was a subject, and the body was just, I'm sorry, but your comic isn't funny. And then signed by, the, the, signed the woman's name, whatever her name was, you know, just, I'm sorry, your comic's not funny. And so I wrote back, apology accepted, Ray and Alex. And, like, <laughs> like, and then like a day or two later, she wrote back, she's like, okay, yeah, that was that was pretty good. I'm sorry for being mean or whatever. And like, just having this like... Once, as soon as she got this feedback, yeah, exactly. (laughs) People have like this. We'll have a bad day, and then they'll see something they don't like, and then lash out. But once you establish that rapport, like I've had other experiences like that too, where someone wrote something to me, and then like write back and just like, "Hey, I'm sorry you didn't like it. You know, we just you know trying to put something out there that people enjoy. But sorry if it didn't work with you." And well, it's like that, like having just it's like a full loop of it's like a closed cycle of feedback it's like oh everyone and then you're like oh i'm sorry you know and they're like okay wait a minute it's like caused some self-reflection yeah. on, on their part that's i love it though do you guys at all like look at the analytics and stuff like that since you try to make money off of it we used to be more focused on it, again, when it was sort of new to us. Um, uh, I feel like we don't keep track of it as much lately, especially since now that we're doing projects that are more steady and that we have a direct you know, company that we're working with and that it, we have mm-hmm. a payment system set up. Just the landscape of um, supporting websites through advertising is quickly fading away. And it's not just us, too. Like, I've peaked at it recently, and... Uh, I talked with uh, fellow webcomic friends whom we've met, made over, uh, met and made friends with over the years, and uh, 
we we did this thing where we compared our Google Analytics over the past like four years. Yeah. And like it's just been kind of a slow, steady decline. But you can mark that st- start with uh, content curation, this, the uh, launch of content curation sites and um, uh, image sharing sites. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, you got to cool. go switch over. Yeah. So cool. the, all the people who are really successful in webcomics now are people who, you know, started off in webcomics and created a very strong fan base and a, a strong like web presence for themselves um, who have a very strong voice um, that goes beyond webcomics. And now they're doing things like releasing card games and releasing, uh, you know, doing Patreon setup for themselves and doing animations. And like, you know, you can't really just be a web cartoonist anymore, except mm-hmm. for if you're at the very tip top of the, the webcomics world. I think most people aren't able to support themselves just by setting up a web page and putting yeah. ads on it. And so people are sort of getting creative and, uh, you know, it's kind of tough. There's like that Mitch Hedberg joke about, um, you know, he's like a comedian or he was a comedian. Yeah. Rest in peace. I was wondering. Uh, and he, uh, you know, he was saying that. But when you're in Hollywood and you're a comedian, everybody wants you to do other things besides comedy. They say, all right, you're a stand-up comedian. Can you act? Can you write? Write us a script. They want me to do things that's related to comedy, but not comedy. That's not fair. It's as though if I was a cook and I worked my ass off to become a good cook. They said, all right, you're a cook. Can you farm? <laughs> you and it's sort of, it, we're in this world where like, as a web com- comic artist, you're like, well, can you animate? Can you do this? Can you do that? And you kind of need to be able to expand your repertoire to be able to support yourself these days. So would you say your community is like other, like, what's, who are your peoples? And we kind of have a circle of friends who, you know, we're people who, we were doing webcomics because there were other webcomics out there that we really admired already. There were people who had laid that groundwork for us. And uh, so people that we've just sort of met at conventions or were kind of figuring out how to do webcomics at the time and we're emailing each other like, hey, I love your comic. Like, how do you guys, where do you guys print your books? Or what did you, mm-hmm. how do you do this? Or where do you host your website? Like, we're all kind of helping each other figure out the, oh, so the ins nice. and outs yeah. and it's never been competitive or anything actually they're very good drinking buddies <laughs> so, like, yeah that's really nice i couldn't imagine like, like i mean I, i'm sure that there are people like that that exist but like to just like reach out to someone else and be like hey so uh how'd you get some money like how did you like yeah, yeah. i'm really bad at doing that kind of thing but i'm extremely grateful that there are people that reach out to us because um, they a lot of them have become very good friends of ours um, and they were you know just you know would reach out and like yeah hey, hey, I really love your comic like um, you know love to talk shop or whatever or had like, a specific question and I'm so introverted that I, I feel like I wouldn't have thought to do that I would have just like tried to google the answers to my problems and figure it out on my own or whatever but it's so much more constructive that they actually felt like comfortable to reach out and now we have this great relationship yeah actually that's something i want to bring up because you um have like you're pretty i was mentioning when we when we did our pre-interview like how you even though you're really kind of quiet and shy like in this like when it comes to the comics and like you're kind of like the, you're the leader on this like mm-hmm. you're like all right i'm taking the lead um and you're saying kind of like how like i like asked you you have a lot of opinions right but you just don't like necessarily voice them and and you were saying like yeah that comics were 
the way that you kind of gave your input on things without okay. having to like scream them. Like that's like your personal feedback maybe on like what's going on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what I, I comics really work for me as a, uh, as a medium because it's something where I can have a lot of control over it. It's not like, you know, once you start doing something like animation or film, you have to involve so many other people and that's obviously great. And there's a lot of value in including a lot of other people in the process. But in terms of having a, an avenue to express myself, it's nice to be able to, you know, you create this little world on the page and everything about it is created by you. So you kind of have control over everything and it gives you a really uh, clear medium for expressing yourself. And since, yeah, I don't really like to speak out that much on my own in general. Like I don't use social media at all for my personal um, persona, I guess. And I don't speak up very much at parties and or whatever. It, uh, the comics page is just sort of a really great way where I can lay everything out, you know, complete a thought, start to finish, and then just put it out there. And no one has to read it if they don't want to, or they can read it if they want to. And it's a clear thing that I've created, and I don't have to stick my neck out necessarily, but at the same time, I'm putting all of myself out there. And so it's just a great... Well, that sounds like you are a clever man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Time to get all excited, just write it from the inside, let the pen slide, and spread the ink on the papyrus. Can't understand this, what? paint the canvas, giving you my vision to mold your composure. Get a picture of the scene. Do you find since you started doing the comics, I don't know, what has it added to your life? Do you feel like before, I, before I, comics? like I don't remember what life was like life, before. Like PC. <laughs> yeah, I... Because, I mean, at this point, what, it was yeah, 2007, right? So, however, if you did math, you could figure out how long ago that was. It's, yeah, just sort of, I don't know, an extension of uh, yeah, our personalities. And I, I really honestly, like, it's hard for me to imagine what my life would be at this point yeah. if we hadn't started doing it, even though we started it pretty much on a whim. Yeah, I think um, just starting off non-abstract like it's gotten it's allowed us to meet a bunch of friends from all across the country we've been able to travel to different parts of of the country we've been to seattle we've been to portland been in new york city uh, alex got to fly to japan when we were a part of the shifty look project and he did that you were there for a month and yeah. then another week in singapore yeah so like it's given us so much opportunity that we never even uh would have if you know, when we started the Katamari project for Namco, like uh, when Rob started emailing us, I thought, oh, this is, this is some cruel joke. Some, there's no way we could ever, someone wants to wants us to draw the Katamari comic. That was like one of our favorite games, like in high school and stuff. Yeah. Like, that game's hella dope, for real. It's like, yeah. you want us to ruin this? You want us to make this so everybody hates this game? Um, but, uh, you know, it's, we uh, allowed us to get sweet computers that we don't just use for comics, but we use for games. It <laughs> so allowed me to afford to uh, pay for my wedding instead of having to <laughs> save extra longer. So you're so good at doing the concrete aspect of comics. For yeah. me, it's all, oh, it changed my life. It, I can't imagine it without comics. And right. Ray can actually 
say yeah. concrete things that we've done because of it. <laughs> no, See, there's this is an such act- a good balance. There's an actual like list of things we've we for we didn't have a butter safe expo this past year, but uh, every year we were pretty good about celebrating our anniversary for the comic by doing this thing called Butter Safe Expo, which was an idea we had back in the beginning of Butter Safe, just like the first week we started Butter Safe, we were like, yeah, if this gets big, or actually, if it never gets big, we should have an expo, call it Butter Safe Expo. But it was just, uh, in reality, it was supposed to be just a pizza party at uh, Round Table Pizza. Yeah, of course. Where nobody comes. The one on Fitzgerald Drive? Yes, yeah. <laughs> With the, that one has a good salad bowl. <laughs> like we were able to do that, and um, you know, every single year that we had it, we had people actually come from the internet to come visit us. And uh, did you do it hang at out pizza? Did you do it at Roundtable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, and actually, the first year we were on the the first level, but over time we got baller enough to have the whole second floor to ourselves. Yeah. So. That's, that's when we knew we made it. Yeah, and that's just people who are local that that came. Ex- yeah, and actually, people drove from as far as Livermore, Livermore, Palo Alto, which is like two hours. Two hours to, <laughs> I would not. I don't even. Uh, I don't want like, anybody. Wow. Yeah, don't. That's <laughs> a lot. I want to see my family. <laughs> that's that's right. right. <laughs> so that's you know, so those lovely. Are the that's really cool. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being with us. This was a lovely conversation. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So check out Buttersafe on buttersafe.com. All yeah. right. Thanks. I'm O. And I'm No. And you're Ray. And you're Alex. And we love you. Bye. Bye. I'm balling to my very last breath. Oh. Call me a yacht. I keep me a knot. Still sipping that serve. My front you a People always ask us, like, how we do our podcast. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, one of the cool things about how we do it is that we have a portable uh, system that you can actually record into. We can take anywhere. Yeah. So we often record in people's offices and stuff. But when we don't have a space we can record in, we actually rent a space. Yes, we do. Through a company called Breather. breather Breather.com. Um. And so you can rent really beautiful workspaces by the hour and you could do, you know, you could record a podcast in them. You could have a meeting in them. Um, you can just breathe in them. You can yeah. chill out. They're all over um, Manhattan. In San Francisco. They're in a lot of major cities. Um, and yeah, you rent them by the hour. They send you an access code to get into the building. They're, they've always been really beautiful. That's what uh, I like about them. They're very standardized. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to have like a nice, clean and like aesthetically pleasing place. Yeah, totally. Um, so we actually, they gave us a code um, that we'd like to share with you. So if you guys want a free hour to try to try a breather, um, just go to Breather, download the app and put in the the code CHILL, C-H-I-L-L. Yes. Um, yeah, that'll take care of it. Try it out. Let us know what you think. Um, so, oh, what did you think about the Butter Safe guys? They're like partnership goals. I really like them. Yeah. And the way they work together, they have this, I think what's key to their partnership is, uh, the trust that they have. Yeah. Uh, 
that the person is on their team and that they have the best interest of like wanting to create a good product, but also like being sensitive to how the other person communicates. And like, it seems like um, a really beautiful partnership. I'm always yeah. impressed by when people work well together like that. Me too. Um, and that they kind of like own their roles in it. Yeah. Um, it made me think of, there's kind of a very oversimplified way of thinking about like, there's like the dreamer and usually like the quote unquote doer or if I've even heard also people who do both as like increments and uh, they clearly have this like dreamer doer dynamic, even though Alex definitely does stuff. But I think another way to think about it is like the visionary and the person that kind of grounds it. Yeah. Know? Like in fashion, we always have like the creative one and the person who manages the business. It's not like the creative person doesn't do things, but the, the, business person is the one that's actually like how do we make this saleable and how do I make sure like this yeah. ego does keeps in check and like make yeah. sure this stuff actually happens <laughs> they're not like oh you want to sell five thousand dollar taffeta gown to uh jc penny cool <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah no that's true and like how alex said like he likes to create every day like that is very important to him um, so, like, that was actually one of my favorite takeaways. Like, Alex knows that creating is very important to him. So, he does that every day. And then Ray, he finds, like, ha- contentment in, like... People. And, yeah, and, and knowing that things are running well. Yeah. Like, how he always follows up when, like, reviews his own, like, his own business. Um, yeah. And, like, that kind of stuff. I think that that's really interesting. Is like, they kind of know their their space, like, where they thrive. Mm-hmm. And so, like... It's great that Alex is kind of pushing forward and Ray is like, okay, what do you need? What do you, like, what else needs to be done? Like that kind of thing. Not not that I don't want to diminish but what Ray is doing, but Ray also has another career. Um, and I think that that's really interesting too um, in terms of the fact that, they're a lot, that they can work together and like one of them, it's their full-time job and the other, it's like their part-time job. So they mm-hmm. obviously distribute how their revenue is shared and whatever. But like that could become like, a source of contention for other teams. Absolutely. Well, I think that's when I was saying that trust is so key. It seems like they really have this like, they don't think the other person's going to take advantage of the other. They feel like they're proportionately pulling the weight that they expect from each other. Like, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Their expectations are on point. Yeah. On on point. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then I also thought it was so cool that they like, I actually kind of like that I think this is what allowed them to do that. How they talked about the, um, when they like butter safe. So they work, they work on like a ton of, like a bunch of different projects. Right. But butter safe is their bread and butter safe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you like my shitty joke. Um, so their butter safe is like their, it's what established them and they continue it on. And, but like how Tuesdays, all the shitty cartoons are drawn by Ray. JK. I found it. I found a Ray, the one that I really like. Um, and then Thursday, <laughs> and then Thursday is Alex, right? And so because they they both showed a commitment to, it's like you put out your comic Tuesday, I put out my comic Thursday. Like, but it's like they would fail the other if they didn't do it. Well, right. Actually, I think that was key in how they said it was incremental in that way. That's yeah. what they started with. And then they later on were more collaborative with some of their other comics. They were yeah. like saying how like it's actually... It helped them like build vocabulary is what they said. Like, mm-hmm. um, so then they also got to know each other's work and like their strengths. And um, it's like working side by side, but on different things. 
I actually don't think that's that different from how we're doing it. Yeah. We've had like a million business ideas. And I feel like, at least for me, what I was like, okay, the podcast, it's something I know I want to do, but it's also just something that's very much like the personalities on here. You know, like it clearly, I wouldn't want to do a podcast solo. Yeah. But it's something that, I don't know, I think with business, you get like collaborative in a different way. I don't know. For, I guess I'm not clarifying it, but um, are you talking about the fact that because like sometimes, so the sometimes she picks people, sometimes sometimes Olivia picks people, sometimes I pick people, and then we'll just like so like I'll do the interview, the pre-interview with one person, and she'll do pre-interview with the other person, whatever, and then we'll just show up and be like, here, this is the person, gives each other a bit of background, and it's like we b- both get to have a say in that, and like we both edit the episodes, and she'll take a turn with it, then I'll take a turn with it, and we'll both have like music notes or whatever that like yeah I guess. reference notes things like that so it's actually like we both put our stank on it but like sometimes she's leading the research on the episode sometimes i'm leading the research on the episode like yeah i guess that's what yeah i guess that's a good way of putting it because it's something where we both are doing a lot of the same things but we take turns doing them versus if we were doing a more concrete like product development business would be I think in some ways might be harder oh, to no, split those things. No, you, it would be one like, of us had to be like the merchandiser and one was is really the designer. the designer and da da da. Yeah. Totally. Um yeah. Cool. Uh so a big part of the partnership is uh like when I said the trust that you need, it's because that's how you're gonna be able to take feedback from someone. Yes. You have to trust that their opinion their uh, opinion does matter. Does matter. Or at least even trusting yourself too. Like, um, I like to take as much feedback from so many places, but like, you know, I think we talked about earlier, like it's not like, oh, that means we take all of it, but you have to be able to like trust yourself to be able to like <laughs> sort through yeah. the feedback of what's just like, okay, they have all these biases or whatever. Yeah. And like, what is like, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, I... Yeah, that's that's something I really liked about how they work together. Um, um, but that leads us to that leads us to our question you didn't know was relevant, uh, which is what is your feedback style? How do you like to receive info? So knowing this, knowing how you like to get your feedback, um, and kind of really identifying yourself and saying like, hey, like I don't do this well, or I I find that the compliment sandwich is delicious for me, or I find that um, if you're more direct, like this is how it you know, works for me. When you like really think about that and then advising people you partner with um, about that, it'll totally increase your trust and positivity in your relationship. Yeah. And also, I guess like even trying to figure out what feedback style do you like, do you even, are you open to feedback? Who, me? Just in general, as a question to ask yourself. I think oh, it's yeah, you so like, we like, about this earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like me, oh, me, no. Um, but yeah, do you like it? And how, how do you like to get it? Um, how do you like to get it? How do you like to get it? Um, like I know that Olivia likes, she likes, like, com- <laughs> she likes compliments. Um, but not, not shallow ones. She just like the good work she does. She like, it helps to, to point out like, Hey, you did a good job on that. Actually. I like recognition. You like recognition. Yeah, you do. I like uh, feeling valued. Um, 
So like, that's something I had to learn just like, even though I know that she does a good job, sometimes I just need to vocalize it more. Oh, thanks. But she vocalizes it when I do a good job, (laughs) which is always crushing it. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. Eh. (laughs) Shut up. I take it back. I take it back. All right. So <laughs> the review I'm going to read today um, is by someone whose name is spelled. It's not even a full name. I think it says Ma, M-A-H, but it's made with a bunch of backslashes and forward slashes and stuff like that. So I can't really tell, um, but it says radio-esque and they give us four stars instead of five stars. Which, I, you know what? I'm okay with it. I would just like for you to give us some feedback about why not five stars. So we could improve that. You're the one tarnish on our perfect five-star score. But anyway, Radio-esque. Like the title of the show, the content of this podcast is both chill and ambitious. Oh, no. Parentheses, a tribute to Yoko Ono. Side note, nah. Um, <laughs> created a relax, create a relaxed forum for musing over intriguing topics, likening to the fun and thoughtful banter on a morning radio talk show. Great stuff. True story. Thank you. M A H. All right. That, thanks, Ma. Thanks, Ma. Um, but yeah, cool. So, yes, thank you very much. Uh, you guys can all leave reviews. Keep not, them coming. Keep them coming on iTunes. Not just but not just the the rating. A review. We really appreciate it. Also, check out the website because we do a ton of work on it and put lots of notes and like clippies and like all kinds of stuff that we're referencing. It's like so thorough. We were actually recently very highly complimented on it by some podcast producers. Yes. So check it out. Don't let it go to waste. Um, you can find us at chillandambitious.com and all of the social medias at chillambitious. Yes, ma'am. I'm O. I'm No. And, and we love you. Ta-ta. Toodle-oo, motherfucker. I can see it. With my 